0: His Christian questions.
1: Robert Francis Kennedy once said, "Tragedy is a tool for living the living to gain wisdom, not a guide by which to live." Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective.
2: And, Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. You're not Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) not, Jonathan. (laughs) Kathy, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact us at our website, christianquestions.net. I'm Rick. And I'm Kathy. And we are glad that you have chosen
1: to spend some time with us this morning. And Kathy, you are sitting in here for Jonathan again.
2: Yes, I can't believe you invited me back.
1: <laughs> well, Jonathan is away on vacation this, uh, this week, so uh, well-deserved vacation. And uh, Kathy, you were here just a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yes, we were discussing love and marriage then.
1: And today, though, our discussion is uh, quite a bit different.
2: It is quite a bit different, and what? I bought my brought my box of tissues oh, with geez. me to cry, and <laughs> I'm going to try really hard not to blow my nose in the microphone. That's, well, that's probably good. That's a, good a way not to be invited back.
1: <laughs> anyway, Kathy, what is our subject and what's our scripture?
2: Uh, today we are talking about where is God when tragedies strike the innocent, and our theme text is from Psalm 102, verses 1 and 2. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. In the day when I call, answer me quickly.
1: And, uh, Kathy, as you mentioned, our subject is, where is God when tragedy strikes the innocent? And let me just touch on a few things that have been happening recently. Uh, in Chardon, Ohio, uh, this is from the Blaze AP, the death toll rose to three Tuesday in the shooting rampage in an Ohio school cafeteria as schoolmates and townspeople grappled with the tragedy and wondered what could have set the teenage gunman off. A comment from the Christian Questions Facebook page just a few weeks ago. Woman says, my son who was born with cerebral palsy just died. He was sick for two weeks before he passed. During those two weeks, we prayed and prayed for his recovery. He passed anyway. Why did God forsake me and take my son? A news item from Stonington, Connecticut. And Kathy, that's right in our listening area, right in your own backyard. It is. Uh, Just a couple of weeks ago. 15-year-old Stonington male dies at his home yesterday afternoon. And uh, later it is found out that that is a suicide, 15 years old. And folks, losing a loved one, especially a child, can bring unbearable pain and anxiety. It can cause us to question even those things that we hold dearest, even the existence and the plan of God. So this morning we want to look into this grief and into God's plan and try to understand where God is when tragedy strikes and really that's what we're going to be talking about where is god when tragedy strikes and these are just 3 of many many tragedies that happen on a regular basis to 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 people all over the world it's uh it gives us a sense that there is uh, something's not fair in life when you lo- lose a child uh, look at the the outbreak of tornadoes we're going to talk about that a little bit later uh, you know people are just going about their business living their lives minding their own business and the next day their house is gone
2: you know, yesterday I was um, preparing for this and my, my 23-year-old daughter called and I answered the phone and she said, Mom, what's wrong? I said, no, 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 nothing's wrong. And she goes, yes, something's wrong. And I, and so I told her uh, that I was preparing for Christian questions and uh, told her about the question and she said, oh, I'm not listening to that. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 it's good it's really good and and you promised me we're going to get to that good part yeah, yeah,
1: well and and there is a lot of goodness in in this in this program this morning but we do need to look at the grief and we want to identify with the grief and difficulties that people have and, and really the first question Kathy is is God hiding is God hiding Is when when tragedy strikes? Does God just hide away because you can't necessarily see him? Let's look at a, at a, at a few scriptures that, that kind of give us a sense of what that might be like. Psalm 27, verses 7 to 9.
2: Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me, and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. And there is a pleading
1: in that scripture. There is a pleading for God's presence and a, a fear of not having his presence. And how often we seem to come across that when we go through very difficult experiences. Yes. So let's go to our first soundbite, and 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 folks, I will tell you ahead of time, some of these sound bites are very, they're very heart wrenching, and they're meant to be because we want to be able to truly identify with the grief and the difficulty that people go through. This is from um, parents' perspective. It's part one, uh, and it's the the subtitle was "When a Child Dies."
0: When I held my sixteen-year-old son's body in my arms. I realized that God was doing something remarkable. I remember crying out to him that if everything I preached was true, over those many years of ministry, he would have to show me. Because at that point, I did not believe it. I felt as though God had crossed the line. And that this suffering, this horrible, horrible pain would never go away.
2: That just oh, gets you. My gosh, I have a son who's 16, and I listened to this, and and sat there just just sobbing, feeling that pain inside of you, and it's to me worse than a, a worse nightmare.
1: And and that's something that most of us really can't even identify with uh, the loss of a child specifically, no. because it it has been if you lose a parent. Or a friend, there's something different than losing a child, right. because that's unnatural. It's out of the natural order of things that we're used to. Right. And so, and you could hear, his, and th- this man is a is is a minister, and he was saying that he felt like God crossed the line, <laughs> and and he's saying if if all those things that I had preached were true, God's going to
2: have to show me because right now I don't see it. Because God promises not to give us more than we can bear, and that feels like more.
1: It does. It does. And and again, the question is, is God hiding in tragedy, in difficulty? Let, let, let's look at another scripture. Uh, Psalm 102, uh, verses 1 through 8.
2: Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry for help to come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me in the day when I call. Answer me quickly, For my days have been consumed in smoke, and my bones have been scorched like a hearth. My heart has been smitten like grass and has withered away. Indeed, I forget to eat my bread. Because of the loudness of my groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I resemble a pelican of the wilderness. I have become like an owl of the waste places." I lie awake. I have become like a lonely bird on a housetop.
1: And doesn't this describe grief?
2: Oh my gosh. I mean once, once he said the part about forgetting to eat it was beyond my reasoning and and you, you see this and and, and
1: w- <laughs> cheer up folks I'm telling you the good news is coming all right <laughs> because this is a hard thing to deal with and and in light of all of the things that have happened with the shooting in Ohio and and uh, and Kathy the suicide just literally in your own community which we'll get into in a, in a little bit okay uh, and and the tornadoes and just the 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 unfairness of all of these these experiences we look at this and say where is is God? God ought to stop it. I mean, come on. Too much innocence is suffering for, for no good logical reason whatsoever. So folks, we're looking at Grief and tragedy and God's presence. How do those two things work or fit together? If you have a thought, if you have an experience or know someone who's had an experience along these lines, we'd love to hear from you. 866-985-4255. Toll free. 866 985 for all We are live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And don't forget to check our website, ChristianQuestions.net. Now, if God does seem to hide... How can we depend on him? How can we have assurance that he's actually caring for us? I mean, in those two psalms, you hear the the, the almost the panicked reaching out for God. Please yeah. don't leave me in this. How can we have any rest in faith when we see such deeply personal tragedies happen before our eyes? And, and they are happening all over. This next soundbite is going to be the beginning of a story that we are going to be telling throughout the program. Uh, and this takes place... Uh, This we got from YouTube. Uh, It takes place very shortly after the birth of a little baby girl. And uh, so things are happening, and and, and this is the mom speaking, uh, relaying her experience.
3: I noticed um, about 15 minutes later, more people started coming in. They started coming in, and doctors, and then I saw people with lab coats coming in. So and um, the doctor was very clear about um, telling me what was going on she told me that they were having trouble getting her to breathe she had a little bit of fluid her heart rate was dropping
4: i was actually standing by you know beside her when they took her over to the table to work on her and as soon as all those people started coming i knew i needed to get out of the way and so i i kind of i just remember running down the hallway to the waiting room where her family was and parents were out there and you know i told them what was happening and, you know they all came around, and we all started praying. And.
1: So you, you kind of uh. can figure out what's going on here. And, uh, and you know, again, why are we going to tell a story like that? Because we want to understand the, the grief and the tragedy that so many people face and, and really square, square on deal with the issue. Where is God when these kinds of things happen? Why would God allow the innocent to suffer and, in many cases, to die?
2: And why doesn't he stop it? Right. I thought God was bigger than that. I well, thought God was all powerful. Why doesn't Why doesn't he do something? And he
1: is, and he is, and he is, and he is. That's my answer to all of those questions. Okay. All right. But <laughs> but it it's hard to to grasp when you're in the middle of of the difficulty. And one of the things, one of the sort of the analogies I want to start start to use as we go through this this whole process is the analogy of a good parent. And sometimes as a good parent, we have to do things that may not be, um, we may not like to do or want to do, but they're for the good of our children. So as we sort of develop that analogy going through this program and develop the thinking in all of this program and these scriptural answers in all of this program, we're going to look at grief head on and say, God does have an answer for this. We just aren't, we, we haven't come to it yet and we will, we will soon. One of the other things we want to do this morning, Kathy, is try and realize and try to be sensitive to the, to the fact that there are probably many folks out there listening to us right now who've had experiences with grief and loss. Yes. And one of the things that we want to do each each segment of the program is just deliver to you a scriptural promise, something that gives you something to look up to, to look forward to, to grab a hold of that's concrete to help in dealing with that particular loss. So what's that promise for this this segment?
2: Now, this is the part I like. Isaiah <laughs> fifty five ten and 11. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and while, without succeeding in the manner, matter for which I sent it.
1: So this is God speaking to Isaiah and through Isaiah's pen. And God is basically saying, look, the rain and snow go come to the earth and they water the earth. They come and they, and they accomplish their purpose. That's a good thing. And he said, my word is the same way. When I say it, it's going to accomplish what I said it's going to do. There's nothing... That can stop my word from coming true.
2: So even when we feel like there's nowhere to go and the pain is too great, we can trust God? And that's exactly
1: the point. And that's why this is a promise. Because if you believe in God and you believe in the firmness of his word, when he says, look, I said it, that means it's going to happen. It means it's as good as done. You just don't see the end result yet. That is something that we have the ability to look forward to and to cling to in the deepest, darkest times of grief and tragedy in our lives.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. We are talking and crying about where is God when tragedies strike the innocent? Coming up, what do you do when you hear, I'm sorry, there's nothing we could do to save your child?
5: Your Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan, here with Rick. Our subject today, where is God when tragedies strike the innocent? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now and our website, ChristianQuestions.net.
1: And in the first segment, Kathy, we were talking about, uh, is God hiding? Uh, And and a few of the Psalms that we read kind of indicate the sometimes when we have a very deep and dark experience, we, we plead for God's presence, but don't necessarily feel it. And one of those sound bites from the first segment, remember it was the minister yes. who basically said, You know, when my 16 year old son died, I'm, I'm sitting there holding him, holding his body, saying, thinking God crossed the line this time. And we feel that way. Yes, it's like a crossroads you come to. Right. And, and so the question is mm. Did God cross the line? Or is there more to it than this? Let's go to another sound bite. This is from, and folks, if you've had a very difficult experience, um, with loss, uh, this is a, a website that hopefully could could maybe be some of some comfort to you. It's a griefshare.org, and it just it has a lot of stories and encouragement and practicality on dealing with with grief. But this is a, just a small little clip of of, of people just expressing what happened uh, after they suffered
0: a loss.
2: Dick died in November. In February, I fell apart.
0: Heaviness just came over me, where I just started. Weeping uncontrollably.
3: And it's like your whole world fell apart. It seemed like my, my God put the pause button on in my life.
0: I just wanted to stay by myself. I didn't want to do anything.
1: And that sounds like that psalm that we, uh, we had, one of the psalms that we read in the first segment, where you forget to eat, you know, everything just is, 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 life has become miserable. Yeah. And how do you deal with that? Is God hiding? Why does God let those kinds of things happen? And, and Kathy, you know, God works things out. You know, Jonathan is away on vacation this week, and, and, and so we asked you to come in and sit in for him. But you just, in, in the last several weeks, have been through an experience uh, in your community uh, with grief. Just g- give us a little bit of an introduction on, on what happened.
2: Yeah, you know, um, having a a high school boy... Um, you know, have this happen to, um, where he died. And it's, it's kind of what I related to is, is 911, mm-hmm. the, the 911 experience when everybody, whether you know the family or the child or not, you are affected. You are changed. You look around at those around you and your own children and, you know, I I spent days crying.
1: And this was in the same school system as your 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 son. Yes. So it, it's very close to you. Yes. In terms, it, but I did
2: not know him or the family.
1: Okay, but still, it it just it hits very close. It to does. Home.
2: It does. You 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 do. You go through life thinking these things. There's they're not right. They're not fair. They're not natural. They're not going to happen to me. But when they touch you, it it blows your world apart.
1: yeah, it really does and uh, and we'll, we'll come back to that and uh, get some some more reactions and, and things from the community as we go through the program. but again that was right here in Stonington right right uh, right down the road from uh, where we are locally here. Let's look at, at, at God's perspective on this being the parent. God is our parent and a good parent will offer their children choices, will tell them they should be obedient and will put consequences in place. I mean, yeah. when we look at parenting, those are the things that we think we're supposed to do. Well, God is exactly the same way. So as we're going to get into some of these scriptures in Genesis, folks, if you have a thought, give us a call at 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866 985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right
2: now. And you can also post your own comments and and share your own experiences um, on our Facebook or blog at ChristianQuestions.net. All right, Genesis two fifteen to 17. And Jehovah God layeth a charge on the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden eating thou dost eat, and of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou dost not eat. For in the day of thine eating of it Dying, thou shalt die.
1: So he's saying, he lays a charge on the man, saying, you can eat of every tree of the garden, but there's one I don't want you to eat of here in the middle of the garden, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You... If you do that, you will be disobeying exactly what I told you to do and what not to do. That sounds like a good parent.
2: Yes, it sounds fair.
1: And he says, "Dying thou dost die." And you say, "Well," and, and it, uh, the King James version says, "In the day you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die." This is a, mm-hmm. actually a much better translation of the. It, it's, it means that the process of dying begins. Oh, just like it says, "Of each tree in the garden, eating thou dost eat." It's the process. Yes. It's not like you eat once but you continue oh, you continue okay. to eat so that makes he, sense so god gives the choice he says i want you to obey but here here's a test this is a test to see how well you will obey now let's look at genesis chapter 3 verses 4 to 6 because this test is put in the context now of a, a test of loyalty not just mere obedience but it becomes a test of loyalty here
2: the serpent said to the woman You surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate.
1: So now the they get other information. You know, this just in. <laughs> and, and 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 Satan gives them a different perspective. He says, no, 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 you're not going to die. God knows that that tree is there to make you wise. And it was there to make them wise. Yeah. So he tells them a partial truth, but he also tells them a lie. And now it becomes a question of loyalty. Okay, are you going to really trust and believe the one who gave you the original command and put you in the garden? Or are you going to trust and believe this other guy who's telling you something different?
2: Oh, so I get why you put these scriptures in here. It's kind of like when you have a traumatic experience of grief, you have a choice of what to do with it. And you can let it wreck you or you can change your focus.
1: You can go back to those things which were... Originally, most important, and hang on to them again. And sometimes mm-hmm. we lose sight of those things. But here, okay. when we're looking at this, what we're actually what we're actually uncovering is how did grief and sorrow become a part of God's plan? how did, How did they enter? Where Where was it that grief and sorrow became something that God said, "I'm going to let this happen"?
2: Oh, okay.
1: And so here, in in this, this Genesis account, we're seeing the reasons mankind went down down the grief and sorrow path it's because of disobedience it was because of disloyalty to the god of heaven now it doesn't seem fair that i suffer for what they did <laughs> and we'll we'll develop that as we go but One of the things we need to understand is God allows the grief and the sorrow and the tragedy to be part of our lives. He absolutely allows it. And you say, well, why would he allow it? And what's his answer? Doesn't God have an answer? And the answer is, of course he does. (laughs) Well, what is it? That's coming. All right. That's coming. So we have the choice of obedience uh, put out to man. We have the test of loyalty, which they failed because they Mm -hmm. decided to be loyal to the wrong source, Satan rather than God. And so now you have the fulfillment of the consequences beginning in Genesis chapter 3, verses 23 and 24.
2: Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life.
1: So now you have the good parent saying, "All right, you you have disobeyed. You're out of here." <laughs> and that's that's tough love. That's the first example of tough love that we see anywhere.
2: Yes, but it also goes back to the the promise in Isaiah about you can trust God. He gave his word that if you disobey, you will have consequences. And if he didn't keep that word, then we wouldn't be able to trust him.
1: So getting tossed out was a good thing is what you're saying.
2: I think it was a good <laughs> thing. But you know what? You really, you know, when, when you're doing the radio program, you do not give the answers right away. You make people wait. But there is somewhere <laughs> you can go for instant gratification. And that is CQ Rewind. Because you ask the questions and you answer them right away. And that CQ Rewind. Yeah,
1: it's true. They're all on paper. They're all right there for you. It's a free service. You go to ChristianQuestions.net. Uh, we encourage you to sign up for the, uh, the, uh, full edition, uh, which is a PDF file that'll be emailed to you via link once a week. Uh, if for some reason you want to unsubscribe, you press a button and you're done. So it's a real simple thing. We encourage you to try it out. And our experience is most people who subscribe stay with it. Yes. Because it's a, it's a great tool to use. Yes. Again, only available at ChristianQuestions.net. All right, uh, Kathy. Let's get back to one of the one of the stories that we're going to be using as a theme this morning about grief and loss. And uh, in the first segment, we listened. This woman gave birth to his little girl, and there were complications. And there's doctors running around going here and there. Let's hear what happens next.
3: They told me we're going to move her over to the NICU now, and we're going to intubate her and put a breathing tube in. We're going to try to you know get her to breathe on her own, and so and then. She, I mean, every step of the way, she was back and forth from the NICU to my room to tell me what was going on, and she, um, she came to me, um, and just said that there was nothing else they could do, and, um, that they couldn't save her, and I just didn't know what to do, I just screamed, I just lost my baby. Just like
1: that. What do you say after that? I mean, uh, and, and when you, when you think about that and you think about the, the, the depth of the grief, you know, you've gone through the, the childbearing experience and, 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 and the, the elation of a new child. And then all of a sudden in this instance, uh, there's, there's trouble and they're all running around and, and you see all these people putting this incredible effort and again, there's nothing we can do. Mm. And now she loses, and she says, "I just lost my baby." I mean, what do, what do you do? What do you? How do you? How do you handle that? I mean, and this woman, this woman is a Christian. She's a very devout Christian. But what it shows us is that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're exempt from the experiences that everybody else has.
2: But I think it, when you're a Christian, you're exempt from going through it alone.
1: Well, as long as you choose to stay with what you believe to be. Right the depth of truth and, and as a matter of fact, uh, we had said in the first segment that uh, there are uh, some some promises we want to sort of deliver each each segment, and the promise for this segment is from isaiah forty two three and it really shows the mercy and tenderness of God
2: a bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. he will faithfully bring forth justice. <laughs>
1: And so there's a sensitivity there that a bruised reed, God won't break it. A dimly burning wick. He's not going to, he's not going to blow it out. And then he says this, this treatment of difficulty is going to go on until he will faithfully bring forth justice. So it's, it's showing you that there's something down the road that's going to make things right. Well, what is it? Well, it's down the road. It's coming. We're getting to it, I promise. <laughs> so stay with us uh, through, through these uh, next few segments here as we develop the plan of God. But right now we're looking at how did grief and sorrow become of God, part of God's plan? We looked at God as a parent offering obedience uh, and consequences to Adam and Eve. They failed that test of loyalty. And one other thing, Kathy, we won't have time to read the scriptures, but in Genesis 6, 1 to 5, it talks about even God's spiritual creations had the ability to choose. God doesn't create without the ability of free choice. And there's something wonderful in that, but there's something risky in that. Yes. Because when you take the risk to create with choice... You're taking the risk that the wrong choice can be can be uh, elected, and in in this case, in Genesis six one to five, again, we're not g- going to read it in the interest of time here. But this is the sons of man, uh, sons of God, coming down to the daughters of men and intermingling with them and creating a, a hybrid race that didn't belong, and that was the cause of the flood. Right. And uh, when you
2: when you give um, anyone uh, free choice, I think it shows on God's part willingness to be part of the education process because if you have a choice of good or bad right or wrong and you make that choice then it's all part of learning and that's god is he he doesn't abandon us and he is there to to teach us
1: so free choice is an major 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 part of the plan of god so now is that a smart plan to have free choice or is it not so smart a plan we're gonna have to develop that as well we're looking at the plan of god we're looking out how grief and sorrow became part of it and they became part of it because choice is what god chose to give us
2: this is christian questions i'm kathy sitting in for jonathan here with rick today we're talking about where is god when tragedy strikes the innocent Is our misery really part of God's plan? Stay with us.
5: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan, here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Where is God when tragedies strike the innocent? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And our website, christianquestions.net.
1: And folks, maybe you've had experience. I'm sure you've all had some experience with grief and loss. And uh, maybe some of you have had a recent experience where looking at it, trying to look it square in the eye and say, what part of god's plan does this in does this deal with? How could God allow such great grief and loss to happen on a regular basis and And again, I'm reminded of the recent weather situation uh where all these tornadoes came roaring through these communities that weren't doing anything wrong or bad. And now that the houses and the homes are gone, and thirty plus people have died, why couldn't God has just, you know, made those tornadoes go go left or right instead of where they went? Why? Why does God allow such things to happen? That's the question here this morning. We're featuring a story that we got from YouTube about a, a young woman who um, uh, lost her child right after childbirth. And in the last segment, we listened how um, the doctor based basically came in and said, look, there's nothing that we can do. And she's beginning to react to the fact that this newborn uh, is not going to uh, be able to be with her. And so as we go to this next soundbite and, and listen to uh, more of her reaction, one of the things, we were talking about free will and, and trying to answer the question about, okay, where is God during all of this? And God gives free will to all of us. He gives free will to all of the spiritual creation as well. And so you gotta, you gotta wonder now, did Satan ruin our free will by, by meddling in our affairs? (laughs) You know, did he, did he mess it up? Is it his fault, not ours? Those are some of the questions that we have to try to, try to work through here. So let's go back to this, this story about this young woman. And it is a very tragic and sad, sad story, but it helps us to understand the issue.
3: First, all this stuff went through my head. Why can't you fix her? Why can't you do surgery? What is wrong with her? Like I wasn't comprehending what they were saying. And so I just all the family just came rushing in that was out there. We just all sat there in just astonishment and shock. And my our families are very strong Christians. We all believe in God, and we all believe that He has a purpose, but we were all stunned because we had no idea. We had no warning
1: again, you you listen to that and 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 the pleading, why can't you fix her? Just just I, look y- you know medical science is
2: practically miraculous you 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 should be able to help her, and you expect them to walk through the door and say, "Oh, oh, she's okay, yeah, she'll be okay and And you know Disney has taught us that <laughs> to believe in happy endings, but you know, I think God um has a greater message of a greater happy ending.
1: You're right, and, and sometimes that happy ending, though, is a little bit hard to find right off the bat. Uh, Kathy, why don't we go to the phones? We have Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to the program.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, good morning.
1: Good morning.
4: Jonathan, be wary. You're going to be out of a job. <laughs> 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 uh, yes, uh, why do tragedies happen to the innocent? It's an ongoing question, isn't it? A uh, heart-searching uh, question uh my conclusion uh having been uh, studying uh, god's word for many years uh, is that uh life is bitter sweet even those closest to god god's own son and the apostles they endured uh great tragedies so uh, one of the things that uh i uh, do i suggest to my peers when we're talking about uh, these uh issues and why good things happen to uh, bad things happen to good people is read the book of Job. Uh, that to me that is very helpful. Uh, Job fourteen thirteen. I think uh, Rick, you've had the scripture over the years on your program. Job fourteen thirteen. Uh, Job asks God, "You would hide me until your wrath is past." And the Psalmist, uh, chapter thirty verse five says, "Yeah, God's anger." is but for a moment so in the meantime we are to seek uh his uh, counsel his comfort his guidance uh very familiar scripture second chronicles it's the second chronicles 7:14 there god says look you search for me and we'll we'll get along fine <laughs> everything will be fine and uh james chapter 4 verse 8 say you know, pipes into that it says uh, harmonizes with that. It says God says, draw nigh, draw closer to me, and I will draw closer to you. And so that's uh, that's it's it's to understand God. We have to read uh, His word and uh, uh, seek Him out, and in prayer. Prayer is the key. You know, incidentally, uh, uh, you're talking about crossing the line. I saw one of those tornadoes there in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. You saw all those tornadoes. I was so uh, uh, impressed, or uh, I don't know, what a drama to see in all the rubble, there was a church also thrashed to the ground. Hmm. So it behooves us. Thank you for sharing such a beautiful, wonderful, timely topic. God bless.
2: Thank you, Julius.
4: Good day. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.
1: A lot of stuff from Julius there, a lot of scriptures, and basically the way where he started was life is bittersweet, and we need to understand that. And uh, God allows tragedy, he allows grief, and he allows suffering, but he has a reason for allowing those things. And if God has a reason, uh, God, as you mentioned, must have a happy ending.
2: Well, the scriptures tell us God is love. So he's not doing this because he hates us.
1: Right. And as a good parent, will will discipline their children, will give them uh, the experiences of life and let them go through the hard knocks of life. So God must do that with us as his children. Right. So where does it all bring us? That's coming up. Uh, Kathy, let's just look at uh, just the the spiritual realm interfering, if you will, with the physical realm. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 4 is a good verse that gives us a sense of Satan's role in this world.
2: And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Of God so if Satan has blinded the minds
1: of unbelievers that means that they're not they can't be held necessarily fully accountable because Satan blinded them
2: right right if you're blind and you're you're walking into a, a building and you bump into something it's not your fault
1: right right so what what how does that fit into God being fair? God having a plan of goodness. God being love. When all of these, when the grief and the tragedy, and now you've got the spiritual realm screwing up everything as well. I mean, it's just you look and say, "Wait, wait, wait! How how can all this work out?" Well, the, the the good news is that God is bigger than everything. God is bigger than the tragedies. He's bigger than the losses, and He understands us because He created us. And and, and Kathy, you know, there's there's a there's a principle I think that we need to understand here that plays out in every aspect of life. And it's this principle sometimes brings goodness and sometimes it brings heartache and sadness. And if we get this principle, if we understand it, we can begin to understand the depth of God's plan. It's a simple little principle.
2: OK, tell me, tell me.
1: And I, you know, in, in thinking about God's plan and how it works, when we put it in place and think about it, it's not going to necessarily ring true with you right at this moment. But trust me, as we go through the program, it's going to come back loud and clear. It's a simple thing.
2: Okay. All right. I'm ready. You're ready.
1: Okay. It's the ripple effect. Now, the ripple effect is simple. When you drop a a stone into the water, it creates ripples. What the stone can't control is where those ripples end up going. Sometimes the ripples are unintended. Sometimes, you know, when you do something, every action has a reaction. Right. Okay. And we do something because we want to make somebody happy. Okay. Okay. Well, let's say, you know, you're going to throw a surprise party for somebody. And and you you know, you do all the preparation, you work hard on it and get it all together, and they come in and they're surprised and everybody says surprise and they get so shocked that they fall over and bang their head and need stitches.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> well, dear, you well, didn't mean to do right.
1: that. Unintended consequence, but it's a ripple of wanting to do something good. Okay. Evil has ripple effects, just as good has ripple effects. So as we look at this, I'm just introducing the idea now, but stay with us on this. And realize how God's ripple effect and Satan's ripple effect are actually opposites at war with one another.
2: Wow. Well, you know, if you don't want to wait for the answers, <laughs> you can go to ChristianQuestions.net and check out CQ Rewind. It's like looking at the answers in the back of the book. You don't have to struggle through those difficult math problems. You go to the back and you go, Ah, oh, now I get it. CQ Rewind has the answers laid out and you don't have to wait for Rick to get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> so she's saying, Rick, will you get to the point? Folks,
1: look, if you have a thought, uh please join us. 866 985 4255. Toll free eight six six nine eight five four all. We are live Sunday mornings from six to eight. That means we're on right now and as Kathleen mentioned our website is ChristianQuestions dot net. There you can go to get the archives of the programs. You can link onto our Facebook page or our blog, all through ChristianQuestions dot net. So Satan is involved in this world and he actually makes the grief and the tragedy even worse because, at, and again, we won't read the scripture because we don't have time, but he masquerades as an angel of light even. Yeah, so he makes himself look good when in fact he's undermining the things that God does. And here we are victims of Satan's influence, of Adam's influence, born in sin, and we live lives and we do sin, and so we fall short of the glory of God, and all of these things happen, and grief and tragedy follow us around. (gasps) So what do we do? (laughs) Well, it's part of God's plan. It is part of God's plan, but it is a terminal part of God's plan. And that's the thing we need to understand. If Grief and tragedy are terminal. That means grief and tragedy are going to die. Ooh, that's good news. And the, the 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 question is well how do they die? When do they die? And and what does that mean for me if I'm going through the grief and the tragedy? So that's what we're looking to get to as we uh, will begin to unfold our second hour. I do want to go to a uh, another soundbite from par- uh, paracletepress.com. And again, this is about losing children, and it's it's from a segment called Helping Parents Grieve.
3: When you lose a child, something has happened that is just unthinkable. It's something that seems to shatter the foundation of your very life. It breaks the order of the universe, and there's no preparation. There's no way anybody has ever simulated this with any other kind of loss.
1: So... Losing a child, and when we talk about grief, we chose to to, to look at that aspect of of loss because that is one of the most heartfelt, difficult aspects of loss we can ever, ever experience. The bottom line in that is, though, we still have a choice. And we won't read the scripture, but in Joshua 24, 14 to 16, Joshua is saying to the people, choose this day who you will serve. And then what does he say after that?
2: As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.
1: So he is putting things in perspective, saying you have to choose to follow after God, even if it's difficult, even if it's it's too hard, still, following God is the right way. Let's touch on our promise for this segment for those who may be going through grief and difficulty, something to, to help to encourage them right this minute.
2: Psalm 55, verse 22 Cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. And again, that is a when God says it, God means it.
1: You, you know, God's word is his bond in a, in a very big way. So when the psalmist says to cast your burden upon the Lord, I mean, when you cast, you throw something. When you throw your burden upon God. He will sustain you. That's the promise. He will never allow you to be shaken if you continually keep your burden in His hands rather than your own. And that, my friends, is one of the big, big challenges. Stay with us for the second hour as we look at the plan of God and how grief and sorrow and tragedy and all that comes with it are terminal and how, in fact, they are going to go away and what that means for us, not only in the future, but what that means for us right now. For Kathy and Rick and Christian Questions, we'll be back after the news and all of that. But till then, where is God when tragedies strike the innocent? We'll be back soon. Think about it.
0: This is Christian Questions.
1: Somebody once said that death leaves a heartache no one can heal. Love leaves a memory that no one can steal. Good morning everyone and welcome to Christian Questions. Talk radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. Sitting in for Jonathan this morning is Kathy. This isn't your typical Christian commentary We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And and Kathy, what is our topic this morning? It's it's a tough one this morning.
2: It is. Where is God when tragedies strike the innocent? And our theme text is found in Psalm 102, verses 1 and 2. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let me cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress incline your ear to me in the day when I call answer me quickly
1: So it is a begging a, a pleading with God to be stand by him hear my prayer O Lord let my cry for help come to you don't please don't hide your face from me because I need you so much at this time And in the first hour we were looking at um some very difficult things looking at tragedy striking in in all kinds of ways um we were first of all you you in in your local community you just had a s- circumstance where a, a, a young man 15 years old committed suicide
2: and it has affected the entire community i have talked with other mothers who find themselves just crying and it really the you know you you feel the pain of this family and you you imagine what it would be like if if it was you
1: we've been Looking in on that, we've been following a, a story from a YouTube of a woman who lost her, her daughter right after birth. Uh, we, obviously we were touching on it. We want to welcome in our audience at WNOX 100.3 FM in Knoxville. Uh, you know, with all of those tornadoes that, that hit down in that area, there are, there are towns in our, in the listening area of 100.3 WNOX where, where, where houses were, were flattened, people died as a result of this. And, you know, they're just going about their lives. And the question, where is God when tragedy strikes the innocent? That's what we're talking about, folks, this morning and looking to the scriptures to find the answers. And there are answers to such difficult things. So as we look back over the first hour, um, Kathy, sometimes it seems like God is hiding. In fact, when he's just really allowing his plan to unfold. Yes, all right. Presently, we're drowning in a sea of sin as the eternal lesson of disobedience and its ripple effect continue to unfold. And we're going to be talking about this ripple effect uh, on the bad side as well as the good side as we as we develop the program further. But in the midst of it all, we can still find God individually and personally if we look. Yes. There have been a lot of scriptures that we've looked into that give us a sense of godliness in the midst of tragedy and difficulty. So before we get back to our subject, Kathy, a couple of other things.
2: If you have more to say after the program, you can write us at Christian Questions, P.O. Box 1837, New London, Connecticut, 06320. And you can contact us on the web at ChristianQuestions.net. There are many archived programs on a variety of subjects. Again, that's christianquestions.net. Also at our website, CQ Rewind. CQ Rewind has two parts. The first is a summary version. Includes excerpts from the program, transcript, and scripture citation. It's a free download. The second, CQ Rewind, the full edition, available by email, sign-up only, includes comprehensive excerpts, transcript, and fully quoted scriptures, all presented in a reader-friendly format, full of graphics and illustrations. You know what that means? Pictures. <laughs> I love pictures. And it's they use pretty colors, too. Also available free of charge. Just sign up. Check them both out at ChristianQuestions.net. CQ Rewind. You heard the program. Now, see it as well. See, now,
1: Jonathan never talks about pretty colors. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, this week is away on vacation, so Kathy is sitting in. Kathy was here with us just a couple of weeks ago when Jonathan was unable to be here, and uh, she agreed to do this program. Although, last time you were here, it was a lot more fun than this one, I think. It
2: was a lot more fun. Because
1: this, we're dealing with a just a difficult subject, and that is grief. And that is the the difficulty of, of facing grief and tragedy, and where is God during all of that? Let's go right into... Um, one of our sound bites, this is from uh, a a, a, um, a YouTube clip called I Will Not Be Broken. Um, this is a man, Jerry White, who had a very, very difficult experience when he was a young man in college. Uh, he was uh, in his junior year at Brown University, and he went to study uh, in the Holy Land. And we'll, we're going to listen to what happened to him in just a moment. But again, this is a ripple, okay, unintended consequence of something that he did And, well, listen to what happened, then we'll get into
5: it. I took my junior year abroad from Brown University. I went to study in the Holy Land since I was a religious studies major. So I went camping with two American friends, and we went to the northern part of Israel looking for a place to spend the night, to pitch our tent. It was April 12, 1984. And I just move out ahead of my friends, and it's green and lush and... um, gorgeous and suddenly the earth opens up my leg was blown off below the knee and my left leg had bone sticking out of it i could see through to my knee and it was a pretty gruesome sight
1: he stepped on a landmine
2: yeah
1: he had no idea it was there it was a beautiful area, green and lush. And again, there, there, that. there's a ripple effect. He's out there. That is a completely unintended consequence of his action. And is he at fault? Well, how can he be at fault? And yet he suffers, and now he's got uh, one leg that's, you know, uh, is gone below the knee.
2: Oh, you know, I was there in Israel a year ago, and it's true, some of the most beautiful land. Now it's all barbed-wired with signs of warning about the landmines. Everywhere.
1: And, and you think about that and say, well, wait, 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 what, what's going on here? And, and for this young man, he was only a junior in college. It obviously mm. completely changed his life and we'll revisit him later on in the program and see where he ended up as a result of that very difficult experience. But the point is that we are, the ripple effect of our lives comes in in every way. Whatever we do, whether good or bad, there's always ripples. And oftentimes there are unforeseen consequences of our actions. Sometimes the consequences are very good and surprising, and sometimes they're very bad and sad and difficult. God allows the ripple effect to take place. Now, why does God do that? Let's look at a scriptural example of this in 1 Samuel 8 verses 4 to 10, because he allows us, God allows us to take our own road, even after he has unmistakably told us that maybe we shouldn't take that road. And so again, the free choice that we talked about in the first hour comes back, and this is all in relation to the question, why does God, where is God during tragedy? Why does he allow it to happen? Well, let's, let's look at the unfolding of some of the things that God does allow to happen here.
2: Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah, and they said to him, Behold, you have grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king for us, to judge us like all the nations. But the thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when, he, when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord.
1: All right, so at this point, they had a
2: system of judges. They didn't have kings like
1: all the other nations. Samuel is the judge over Israel. He is getting old. Uh, and, uh, so the elders are, of Israel are complaining because his sons aren't very nice, Samuel's sons. Right. And so they're saying, we want a king like everybody else. And Samuel knows that they're not supposed to have a king. So he prays to the Lord about this because they're insisting, we want a king, we want a king, we don't want, we don't want the system God gave us, we want something of our own. Here's what happens.
2: The Lord said to Samuel, listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you. For they have, reject, they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them, like all the deeds which they have done since the day that I brought them up from Egypt, even to this day, in that they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also.
1: All right, so Samuel prays to God. God says, look, they're rejecting me, not you. Uh, let them have their king. Let them. Okay, it's okay. Let them have their king. Just tell them. Just tell them what's going to happen if they choose that road. So let's continue.
2: Now then, listen to their voice. However, you shall solemnly warn them and tell them of the procedure of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel spoke all the words of the Lord to the people who had asked of him a king. So he... Samuel
1: tells the people, and we're not reading it here, but he gives them a lengthy description of all the things that's going to happen once you have a king. Life is not going to be the way you want it to be. It sounds good, but it's not going to be good. But they say, well, we want a king anyway. So God lets it happen. Now, God knew what was going to happen. He warned them about what was going to happen. So the question is, well, why didn't God stop it then?
2: (laughs) He gave them a choice.
1: Because he gave them a choice. Now, look. Sometimes our tragedies come to us not because of things we choose. They just happen. So they're out, perhaps out of the realm of choice. But it all fits in the context of man's free choice has led us to a life of sin. A An outgrowth of sin is tragedy. That's where it comes from. It doesn't come from God didn't inherently build tragedy into the Garden of Eden. It yeah. wasn't there. There was goodness, there was righteousness, there was happiness, there was growth, there was development, there was learning. There was all of those good things without the bad. Once man stepped outside of that, now you have still good things in life, but, Yes. but now they're mixed in with the bad. And the, the, the ripple effect, the ripple effect of sin is devastating, and it's deep, and you cannot even begin to calculate it. God wants us to understand this so clearly and so fully that he is allowed the entire human family, to be turned over to Satan to experience sin and its ripple effect. And the ripple effect takes generations and generations to really show itself. And I was ranting and raving during, <laughs> during the break between the first and second hour. And folks, look, if the first hour was not available to you, you can certainly go to ChristianQuestions.net. Uh, go to our archive section later on uh, today. It will be uploaded there. And previous weeks are also there as well, and you can uh, catch that first hour if you're not able to get it live, only at ChristianQuestions.net. But uh, as, as we were talking during the, the break between the two hours, we look at the way the world has developed and the good things in this world, but with every good thing, there's an evil use for it. You know, science has developed so much, and yet you, you have science able to cure and science able to kill. Crazy, it is, and so with all of the freedom of speech and freedom of thought and freedom of 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 action, you have the degradation of humanity. How come? <laughs> because of sin. That's why. Because of sin, and so we're stuck in this pattern. And in this pattern, you have the 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 difficulties of life. Let Let's go to a, a soundbite. Uh, from the story about the woman who lost her, her her daughter right after right after birth, this is very heartbreaking to listen to. And the child has died, and she's just kind of looking back over the experience here.
3: I had the nursery ready. I had I washed clothes for her. I we had our diaper bags packed. <laughs> we were ready. We were new moms and dads, and we were ready. We had the car seat in the car ready to take her home, and um, we couldn't. So we held her when she was alive, and um, I asked her if I could show her off, just like any other mom. (laughs) I feel like it helped heal my family. Every family member held her. Every family member hugged her and kissed her and saw her and saw who she was. She had Scott's nose, (laughs) and she had my eyes.
1: Okay, good. I mean, what, what what do you say? What do you say after that? She lost her child, and uh, she's sitting there saying, "And you know, she 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 looked like us, and she literally the child is 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 dying right in her arms, and she still wants to show her off because it's mm-hmm. her daughter." And and you just feel the grief and the heartache and the the unfairness of that whole experience. And you say, "Well, where is God during that?" Well, the point is, God isn't abandoning us. But he's allowing us to go through very deep, very difficult, very hard experiences so that we, at some point, will be able to really, 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 truly uh, enjoy the goodness that God will have to offer us. He gives us a place to go now. He gives us promises to hold on to. As a matter of fact, Kathy, quickly, a promise here, Psalm 34, 18 and 19.
2: The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them.
1: So we can have afflictions. The Lord doesn't erase the afflictions from our lives, but he can deliver us through those afflictions. That's a promise we can hold on to right now. And that's one of the important things to understand about the plan of God. He doesn't abandon us in tragedy, but he'll walk us through it. But his plan, his plan has much more to offer than just that.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan, here with Rick. Today we are talking about, where is God when tragedy strikes the innocent? Coming up, is there any way out of this pit?
5: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan, here with Rick. Our subject this morning, where is God when tragedies strike the innocent? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.net.
1: And folks, maybe you've had uh, some experiences with with loss. Uh, certainly, in, in in our Tennessee listening area, uh, with those tornadoes ripping through there. Just in the past few days, uh, some of you may have experienced that. Uh, where Kathy lives out in the Stonington area in Connecticut, they just had a young man uh, commit suicide in in her school system there, that affected everybody. Uh, we had a uh, a note on Facebook that we mentioned in the first hour from one of our listeners who had lost her son to cerebral palsy after praying and and praying for for weeks Uh, and you know her her feeling was how come god abandoned me and that's what provoked us actually to do this program was that comment and then all of these other things happened after that and and so this is a significant program because it, it is dealing with one of those key issues that just that haunts us every day where is god when tragedies strike how come God doesn't doesn't stop them? How come he doesn't avert the flood, redirect the tornado, stop the death of the innocent? Why won't he do that? And we're looking through and discussing the ripple effect of sin and death, the, the consequences of disobedience to God, and how those consequences are passed on from generation to generation, and they seem to get worse and worse and worse. And even the good, even the innocent suffer, and yet God allows it. But what we're saying is, what God allows in that in that format is terminal. He's not going to always allow it. Let's touch on. We won't read the whole scripture, but let's touch on Genesis chapter twenty-two, verses fifteen to eighteen. This was the promise that God gave to Abraham after he was willing to give up his own son uh, in in relation to being obedient to God. And just let's just read verse eighteen in the interest of time here.
2: And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. That statement, this is
1: probably the most often quoted scripture on this program, is is this this uh, promise given to Abraham, along with the, the repetitions of this promise given to Abraham. It this, sounds
2: like a happy ending.
1: Well, it is. This is the counter-ripple effect. We've been talking about the ripple effect of sin and death and tragedy, and it's like this, this, this torrential uh, um, uh, current that just sweeps everything away. Yet when God says something, It's gonna happen. And this is the beginning of countering the ripples of sin and death and tragedy. Let's go back to our story about this young woman who lost her daughter right after birth. And I know it's hard to listen to, but, you know, we just, we just, we want to touch on the grief so we can enjoy the goodness that God has for us afterwards.
3: I was just so mad. I was just like, why did this happen to us? I would just cry and I would scream and I would just get mad and <laughs> I would just I would go to a great, her cemetery, um, every day, and that was a healing process for me. That's how I felt like I grieved.
1: So she's going through the grieving process and 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 needing healing and and just just real quickly, Kathy. When I when I was doing the preparation for the program and going through these sound bites and 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 listening to these 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 stories of of sadness and tragedy. I'm working, literally working on figuring out the sound bites, and my grandson comes up to visit me uh, before he goes to bed. And he, he he's four years old, and he's got this smile about as big as his face. And he's, he's holding something behind his back, and he wants to show me a picture of a school bus that he drew. And... And uh, you know and i'm and I'm doing this stuff with the sound bites and the sadness and the tragedy, and this little boy comes up with everything to live for and it just it just hit me so so right between the eyes about how how fragile life is and how fortunate we can be and I'm sitting him on my lap and looking at his picture and thanking God for the goodness of life, realizing. That there's so much tragedy and difficulty and seeming unfairness in this world. And just, it struck me that, that you know, when people suffer, it's just, it's suffering of the heart. And the good news is God does have an answer for
2: that. You know, it, it's true. This is the point. It, it reminded me of when I first found out that my, my father had Lou Gehrig's disease. And if you know anything about it, it's a, it's a nasty disease that, that steals, your vitality slowly. Mm-hmm. And I remember just, just going in my car and playing the saddest songs I could find and, and driving and then getting to and crying and parking in my garage and just have these raking sobs of agony and pain. And, you know, I, I'm a Christian woman. I believe I know the promises of God, but I'm not immune to the pain and suffering around me either.
1: And that's why we are looking grief square in the face. Because you know what? God understands loss. God has suffered loss. Understand, we're all his children. You know, when we feel the the death and sorrow of somebody dying, God feels it too. And he feels it for every one of us. We just feel it in a limited sense. So we have a God who is the ultimate parent, who can help us work through these difficulties. Folks, if you have a thought, it's eight six six nine eight five four two five five. toll free eight six six nine eight five four all. We are live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now and our website is christianquestions.net. Let us know what your experiences are, uh how you have dealt with or known someone to deal with uh, coping with grief and loss and, and and tragedy. Let's Kathy, we we have to begin to build the promises of God here. We have to begin to build the answer because we've done a good job of bringing everybody down low <laughs> <laughs> with the sorrow and the difficulty and the sadness and the crying and the loss. There is so much in the scriptures that tells us, okay, there's another answer. We may have this ripple effect of sin and death growing and growing and becoming this, 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 this current that sweeps everything away, but God is bigger than that. Let's just touch on very briefly a few scriptures. First Corinthians 15, 22.
2: For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. All
1: die in Adam, all are made alive in Christ. There is an equality in that. And that, again, when the Word of God says something, the Word of God will accomplish that. Part of First uh, Timothy 2, verses 5 and 6, just read uh, verse 6.
2: Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time.
1: Talking about Jesus, giving himself a ransom not for one or two or a few or just you and me, but a ransom for all to be testified in due time. John five twenty-eight and 29, just, just a part of that.
2: For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out.
1: Jesus' own words, saying there is a time coming when all are going to come out of their grace. All are going to hear His voice. And what we're seeing is the planting of a new ripple effect. Okay, we have the ripple effect of sin and death just just overwhelming us. And every good thing that happens in this world is counteracted by 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 its its mirror twin and evil. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Science has gone so far to do things that are almost miraculous. And they can do things that are almost hideous as well. With mm. science, with, with with medicine, you can heal, and then you can have germ warfare. I mean, think about it. You you've got both sides of that, and that is the ripple effect of sin and death, even upon those things which are good. Uh, a couple other scriptures: John one twenty nine. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then, uh, and, and read, um, and then Hebrews two nine, just part of that as well.
2: By the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone.
1: Now, you see, there is a theme in all of those scriptures, and we only read parts of them. And to get the full scriptures, you know where you to go. You go to ChristianQuestions.net. You go to CQ Rewind, the full edition, and you're going to see it all there right in front of you. It's a lot easier to be able to look at that one document. It's going to show you all the scriptures fully quoted so you can look at them. And the theme here, Kathy, is all. Yes, the theme here is God has listened, God knows, God understands the pain and the suffering of our lives. And as the ultimate father, he is doing something about it. It's just that the final effect of what he's doing is not yet seen, but the work is being done. Again, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985 for all. We are live Sunday morning from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And don't forget our website, ChristianQuestions.net. Let's go to another soundbite. Remember, last segment, we listened to uh, something about this gentleman, Jerry White. Yes. Went to the Holy Land as a a young man, a junior in college, got his leg blown off by a a landmine. I mean, just going about his business, didn't, wasn't doing anything wrong or bad or, 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 or evil. It had only good intentions, and yet this is what happens to him. Well, this was, it was entitled, I Will Not Be Broken. It was on YouTube. A very, very um, encouraging story as to how he deals with this. Let's listen.
5: Losing your limb traumatically, whether in a minefield or by some other way, taught me that I'm more than my body. Thirteen years after losing his leg, Jerry dedicated his life to helping other victims by co-founding the Landmine Survivors Network. Landmines kill more people than nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons combined. At that time, nearly every 22 minutes, someone was getting blown up by a landmine, and 80% of the victims were civilian. So that's something that I grew to care about awfully fast.
1: So you, you see that the the difficulty that he was faced with, you know, he was a, just an innocent victim of some devious act by someone who knows how long before that. Um, he grows up, he becomes a man, and he begins to dedicate his life to trying to help others who have gone through the same thing and to try to prevent others from going through the same
2: thing. I love these stories because although God's plan um, includes a happy ending for everyone, there are things that we can do now to help heal and it's, right. it's that changing your focus. You know, it reminds me of, of childbirth in a way. You know, you go through this, this, you know, they say, Oh, when you have the baby, you'll forget the pain. That is a lie. (laughs) You do not forget the pain.
1: Spoken as a true mother. (laughs)
2: My baby is 13 and I remember what it felt like. But every time he walks in the room, I don't think about that. I think about how much I love and adore this person. And you change your focus.
1: And that's really what we're looking at here in terms of the pain and the the, the suffering that people go through and the innocent loss and again, I keep mentioning these, these, these events. You know, you have those tornadoes that just happened. You have, uh, the school shooting in Ohio. Uh, you know, what, 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 what provokes somebody to do that? To, to mm-hmm. randomly take, take others out like that. And, you know, I think three or more, um, have, have died there as a result. Uh, the, the, the suicide just over here in Stonington, Connecticut, just in the last couple of weeks. My sister, who helps with the program preparation, called me um the other day and said she had somebody come into their into their business who uh, had just lost a child and was having such a hard time dealing dealing with the grief i mean it's everywhere it's everywhere but we do have a choice in terms of dealing with it we can't erase it right but we can deal with it in a godly way and the best part is that god is dealing with it in a godly way let's look at romans five eighteen and 19.
2: So then, as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men. Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous.
1: If you read this scripture slowly and carefully... You will begin to understand how important this particular scripture is because it, if you look at the entire fifth chapter of Romans, it goes through this reasoning about all men came under the ripple effect of sin because of Adam. All of us. Nobody's excluded from that. If that's the case, what Romans is saying here is then all men will come under the ripple effect of Jesus' sacrifice, exactly in the same way they came under the ripple effect of sin and death, which means that the sacrifice of Jesus, and it says to them, the many will be made righteous. That's what it says right here in the book, right on the paper. It says they will be made righteous because the sacrifice of Jesus is the counter-ripple to the ripple of sin and death. And that's where we get into this ripple effect of godly obedience. Jesus was the Perfect, literally, the perfect example of godly, godly obedience. And once we, as a human family, have experienced the ugliness of sin, and we are, and the utter destructive ripples of sin, and we are, we will, once we have seen it come to its fruition, we will run towards godly obedience and and, and loyalty to dwell forever in the light of God's will and bask in the never-ending discovery that each ripple of his love will bring us if we're given the opportunity. And when I say if, I really mean when. We're given the opportunity because God's word, God's prophecies are yea and amen. They are solid. They are sound. They are coming true because God said them. Kathy, just real quick before we break here, a scriptural promise to hopefully encourage those who might be suffering at this point.
2: Second Corinthians 12 verse nine. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me.
1: So, folks, if you are suffering from grief or loss or tragedy or difficulty, this scripture, this is the Apostle Paul Paul saying, I wanted God to, to heal me from something. He said no, and he said that his grace, Jesus' grace is sufficient. And that was enough for Paul. And if Jesus' grace is sufficient sufficient enough for the Apostle Paul, certainly it can be sufficient enough for us to deal with our difficulties, our tragedies, and our hardships in our lives.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan, here with Rick. Today we're talking about where is God when tragedies strike the innocent? Coming up, is there really a way to make the pain stop?
0: You're
5: listening to Christian Questions.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan, here with Rick. Our subject today, Where is God when tragedies strike the innocent? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And our website, christianquestions.net. And folks,
1: if you uh, would like to communicate with us but you don't want to get on the phone, you can certainly email us at rick, R-I-C-K, at christianquestions.net. That's a personal email. You'll get a personal response Uh, in a timely fashion. And we are looking at dealing with grief and sorrow and tragedy, uh, with all of the things that have gone on with the school shootings, with the tornadoes, uh, with loss in our, in our local area here in terms of a young man with suicide and, and, and saying, okay, where is the plan of God during all of this? And, and Kathy, what we're really discovering is that the plan of God is working its way through and grief and tragedy and suffering are allowed for a period of time. So, before we get to back to sound bites and all of that, why don't we go to the phones? We have Randall from Connecticut. Good morning, Randall, and welcome to Christian Questions.
0: Good morning, Holy Sunday, guys. Thank you. Luke twenty three, twenty three, twenty eight. Jesus turned to them and said, "Do not weep for me. Weep instead for yourselves and for your children." In the small hours of the night of tragedy, we ask God, "Where is Elijah to raise this child?" Where is Moses to lead us from this moment? 1 Corinthians 2.2 2, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. After a riverboat sinking in 1987, the Archbishop of Canterbury said, In suffering and bereavement, hearts cry out not for answers, but for friends who will share suffering with us. And this we know. Our God does not re- sit removed on His throne, but sits with us. We have a God who wept for Lazarus, who offers no easy answers, but the love of a friend. Song of Songs eight six, for stern as death is love, relentless as the netherworld is devotion. Its flames are a blazing fire.
1: Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it. God bless you guys. You too. Bye, Randall. And and one of the points I think that that we can get from that is that you know we we all need that that hand on the shoulder that that comfort. And we look to God for that comfort. And by God's grace we can get that comfort, even though He's not taking away the grief and the sorrow and the suffering and the pain. He can give us that comfort through Jesus uh in, in our experiences so that we can cope with them. But there comes a time where all of that is going to change. And before we get to that time, and that is the best news that we've had mm-hmm. all day, I'm telling you that right now, we're talking about a ripple effect of sin and righteousness being overrun by the ripple effect of goodness and grace and, God, and, and, and God's prophecies. Let's go to the final soundbite from this, uh, this, this very difficult story of the woman uh, who lost her, her baby right after birth. And this is her husband uh, sort of wrapping things up, and he says something very profound here.
4: I've even had a friend ask me, he was like, you know, how can God let, you know, something like this happen to good people? But it's, you know, his, you know, the work he's trying to do is bigger than, than what we even understand.
1: So he points to the fact that the work that God is doing is bigger than we understand. And is it ever bigger than we understand? Look, if you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, then what we're saying is when god and we read a scripture in the first segment of the first hour remember talking about my word will not go out this is in isaiah god saying my word will not go out and uh, and without coming back to me fulfilling what it set out to do right so god says i am going to do what i say well ultimately our relief our permanent permanent relief from tragedy is through the eternal fulfillment of prophecy. Because prophecy is what? It's God's words. Jesus came to do the work of buying back the human race from sin. We heard that in Romans chapter 5, last segment. From sin and death and the damaging ripple effect that, they have had, that they've caused. The result of that purchase that Jesus made is, has been known to God all along. God, God's spoken words began the ripple effect of righteousness long ago. Before any of it was even put in place. So, when we read the following prophecies, folks, understand these prophecies are written thousands of years ago. They are the prophecies of God in relation to you and to me and to the world around us and to every human being who's ever lived. They are as good as done because God said them. So, what is it that these prophecies say? Well, let's start with Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 8 and 9.
2: Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord. For the day when I rise up as a witness, indeed, my decision is to gather nations, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out on them my indignation, all my burning anger, for all the earth will be devoured by the fire of my zeal. All
1: right, stop right there for a second, because that doesn't certainly, I just built it up as the greatest thing ever. (laughs) Sound good? No, I mean, but see, you have that, and that is the see what that is. That's the culmination of the ripple effect of sin and death.
2: And you know how sad that that God is so misunderstood, and and yet He loves us so much, and He can He knows what's best for us. He knows what's good for us. It, you know, it reminds me of um, a couple days ago. My daughter came over with her son, my grandson, who's four years old, and. He says, Mommy, can I have my donut? And mommy says, Shh, it's in the car. And I said, Mateo, you come here for a second. And he said, he said, what? I said, are donuts healthy? <laughs> and he said he said, no. I said, wouldn't you rather have something that's healthy? And he said, like apples? And I said, yes. And my sixteen year old is sitting on the counter at the counter and he says, you are a terrible grandparent <laughs> <laughs>
1: but he had apples right he had apples well, there you go way to, way to go grandma <laughs> there you go and and that's providing goodness uh, in, in, in that little situation now here we just read the scripture in Zephaniah that just talks about God's wrath and indi- indignation and again that is the final result of the, the 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 ripple effect that has turned into this massive current of evil the next verse, completely changes because, see, that's only part of the story. And if you stop there, you say, well, what kind of God is that? Well, here, listen to the next verse,
2: and we'll see what kind of God it is. For then I will give to the people's purified lips, that all of them may call on the name of the Lord to serve him shoulder to shoulder.
1: So it's not just that they may give lip service but that they may serve him shoulder to shoulder, that all people may serve God shoulder to shoulder. See, there is a comprehensiveness that uh, when Zephaniah wrote this several thousand years ago, it was just a little, little stone dropped into the water that created this little tiny ripple. But through the passage of time, that ripple will gain such strength as it will become an overwhelming current that wipes away sin and death because God wrote it. Through the prophet. Therefore, it's going to happen. Folks, if you have a thought, now would absolutely be the time 866 985 4255. Toll free 866 985 for all. We are live Sunday mornings from 6 to 8. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.net. All right. Um, Fred, let, let's go with that, that, that next, uh, next piece here. We've got just a verse of a song, uh, called I Still Cry, uh, from Ilse DeLang. And really, we're playing it because, again, we want to give honor and respect to those who are suffering through tragedy and loss. And we want to realize that sometimes when we look back over our lives and look back over that experience, sometimes we cry, sometimes we laugh, sometimes we, we, we don't know what to do with ourselves. But the bottom line is God's grace is beyond all of that.
3: While takes the earth, Know that they won't last forever. The real ones fade away too soon.
5: I still cry.
1: Again, yeah, and sometimes we look back and, and, and we, we've suffered that loss and we still cry.
2: Mm, I'm going to add that to my sad song repertoire <laughs> for my car.
1: <laughs> but on top of that sad song, what we want to do is we want to look at the goodness and the glory of the answer, of the ripple effect of righteousness, of the ripple effect of God's love, of the ripple effect of the ransom price that Jesus Christ paid. Daniel chapter 2,
2: verses 44 and 45. We can still cry, but listen to this. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it itself endure forever.
1: So this kingdom of God that Daniel prophesies... Is set up in the days of those kings, in the days of the the world in which we live, literally. And it says this kingdom is going to endure forever. Now, wh- wh- how how does this kingdom look? What what happens in this kingdom? Well, there's lots of other prophecies, and actually, in CQ Rewind this week and in bonus material, we have a bunch of other scriptures that we're not even going to touch on today. That will will give you a paint you a clear cut picture of the ripple effect of God's plan. And you got it. You got to get it. You just got it because you got it. Okay? At ChristianQuestions.net. It's a free service. Sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition, and you can read those scriptures. But let's look at Micah chapter 4, verses 1 to 5.
2: But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it, and many nations shall come and say, Come, come. And let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob. And He will teach us of His ways, and we will walk in His paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem.
1: All right. So this is giving us some picture language. The mountain of the house of the Lord, and, and in the scriptures, mountains mean government. So God's government will be the government that all governments will 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 come under. And it's saying it will, and people will flow to this.
2: What, what happens next? And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore.
1: So you have the ripple effect the ripple effect of god's righteousness in prophecy written thousands of years ago that says there is going to come a time here on this planet earth where they will no longer beat their swords into pl- no, no longer have swords and and spears but they will be beaten into ploughshares and pruning hooks
2: nation will not go to war against nation that will not be part of their lives what happens next but they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree and none shall make them afraid for the mouth of the Lord of hosts hath spoken it. For all people will walk, every one, in the name of his God. And we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever.
1: That is a happy ending. Yes. And in Revelation one four it says, God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there will be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. So while we go through our grief and our tragedy and our difficulty in this life, we can find comfort in the promises of God. We can find comfort in God's working with us and walking us through these things through Jesus. But later, folks, later, because of the ransom of Jesus, later, pain and sorrow and grief and anguish will be erased. They will be gone forever. Why do I know this? Because the Word of God spoke it, and when God says it, it's true. We thank you for joining us this morning for Jonathan and Rick, I'm sorry, for Kathy and Rick and Christian Questions. We want to remind you to check us out on Facebook. Let us know what you think there. We'd love to get your comments and your input there. This is such an important subject dealing with grief. How do we do it? By God's grace. We'll be back next week. Think about it.